going on, Mike? What's happening, dude? Happy New Year, man. Happy New 2022. That's weird. Yeah, I, I, I've been hearing a lot of people like uh, saying 2022. So it's like the sequel of 2020. And I'm really hoping not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. no, me, me either. Although I feel like I feel I feel if I feel good down here in Florida. I'll just say that. Uh, I know where you are. Maybe get a little intense. We'll see. So good. Yeah, you know the whole. I never. I don't know. I don't know if you did a big thing for New Year's. I was doing shows. Everything was great. Blah blah blah. But I, it's like. Uh, it's such a. You know, years ago when I lived in New York, everybody would want to come to Manhattan and be part of Times Square, right? And I did that once, once. And after you do it that once, you're like, all right, I get it. It's just, you got to be there at 9 a.m. Um, you got to get in line. There's thousands of people for hours. People wasted, people bleh, getting sick, and 10 degrees out, and you have the same, like, oh, this is amazing. I mean, what a great year. I had no shot. It just said, it's fantastic. Let's go to a new pop star that sings about nothing. Hey, ass and boobs, ass and boobs. Check out my ass. Check out my boobs. Oh, that person is just amazing. Yeah, they're doing great charity work for their ass and boobs. And hey, another two minutes. Oh, it's it's New Year's in Japan. Boom. Bung, 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 bung. And they get the dragons and then they go to Germany. And then it's like, all right, it's, 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 I get it. I get it. It's, 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 we get it. Okay, so kiss each other. Happy New Year. Okay, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I've been done with it for for. Ugh. Do I say is that too? I don't want to come off yucky. I just want to say, love New Year's, uh, but I I don't even it's the whole hoopla thing. Around just like okay, we're in a new year. Here we go. Here we go. We always bank this big thing like wait to next year or hey now's the new year. Let's start all over. And no one ever does. Or they, they think they do it. They last like two days. Um, you're having a good one? You had a good one? Yeah, man. Yeah. Just uh, just relaxed at home. Didn't do anything crazy. You know, lucky enough to stay up for the ball drop. I'm like nodding out like around 1030. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And did and watched it. And guess what? It's it's the same as it was three seconds before the ball dropped. It's the same deal. <laughs> exactly. Okay, here we go. Ready? Okay, it's new year. Okay, all right. I feel good. Here we go. It's, it's just, it's funny. The older, I don't know if it came with age, but there came a time where I literally stopped um, caring about dates. Like a lot of people carry death dates around. Like my dog, my father died six years ago. Uh, it'll be November, but like I don't even, I. The more I don't think, the more I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, it is what I, I don't hold on to date. It kind of feels good. I'm not going to lie to you. It feels well, really It's almost like you're setting yourself up to to be upset. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's upsetting, but it's like just to be like, oh, you know, like next next month is when my dad passed away. It's like, 
you know, and then you, you you're thinking about that and it puts you in negative space, and then you know you, you, they don't they don't yeah. want that for you to do that, you know. I, I, and that's how I feel, you know. As a matter of fact, one year, um, th- I think it was the year anniversary of my of my father passing. I didn't even know we were. I was with my friend Larry, New Year's Larry, as Shaka was talking about uh, last week, and. We were by his bonfire, um, and we were we were upstate New York, or like near Woodstock or something. And my daughter kept wanting my phone, and I'm like, "No, you're too young. She's nine years old. I'm like, no, you're too young for the phone. Go go to bed. It's late." And she kept pestering. I was really getting aggravated at her. And about midnight ready to go to bed as i went to bed i noticed someone text me and i looked and it was my daughter saying a year ago today um grandpa went to heaven brought aunt patty uh, if you look at the stars tonight you can you can tell that he's looking down above he made you a great father uh, as i'm reading this i'm going Stop that. I can't even get through every sentence I'm going. It was, it was, I think about now, like, oh my God, it was so emotional and well thought out for a nine-year-old child to be so deep. And, but she was the one that reminded me, hey, Today's the day a year ago. And it was, she, he's like, he's up there right now having a beer and cooking spaghetti and thinking about it. Oh my God, it was brutal. But the point of that story was I had no clue. It was my daughter that actually was the one that reminded me. So, yeah, good. I'm glad you had, I hope everyone had a good New Year's. I guess the point of that story is maybe sometimes we don't have to hold on to a date. Now, marriage, yeah, different story, your kid's birthday. Ah, yeah, you still might want to remember those, I would say. Uh, everything else, eh, I don't know, it might not hurt. So today, I have someone coming on also from my past, which is pretty, another very uh, pivotal and, and amazing part of my journey and my life. Um, when I decided to officially, I'm going for it all, stand-up comedy or bust, uh, TV or bust, and I'm going to be an entertainer, blah, blah, or bust. It was 1989, and I was living in Florida, and I saw Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was on Arsenio Hall's show, and Arsenio Hall said, Eddie, um, is there anything you can say to young comedians out there or anyone being the And Eddie Murphy looked at the camera and said, don't, don't listen to your mother. He goes, your mother always wants you to fall back on something and, and do this and do that and do that. And I said, don't listen to your mother because you won't do something. You won't do a hundred percent. And I swore to God, he was talking to me. I'm listening like that. I'm like, he's right. Why am I, why am I trying to appease my mother? And why am I, so I, Looked at places I could do stand-up comedy. My hair is too. I mean, that's where that's the ego in me. That's the vanity in me. Um, and so there's a place called Ron Bennington's Comedy Scene at the Ramada Inn in Clearwater, Florida, 
on Gulf to Bay Boulevard. And I go there and I meet a couple comics and this guy, Lou Angel Wolf. And Lou Angel Wolf, big guy, um, clearly he's the alpha male, meaning he's, I can tell he's the one that's, that's kind of the, uh, he, he's the ruler here, if that makes sense. Not with an iron fist, just clearly the pecking, you're like, oh, okay, this guy, she'll listen to this guy, he's a big guy, and he seems like he's the one talking to everyone, and he came up to me, and I think he was like, yeah, you first. Um, I don't, re I, but I, I remember meeting him, so that place became a major pivot in me doing stand-up comedy and my entire life journey. Uh, there were two guys that were brothers there that were so good to the comedians, so good from what I saw to their staff. And I still remember Jimmy the bartender and some of the wait staff. And it was, it was, it was a really, I'm, I'm blessed that I had that in my life. There was no, you know, people cutthroat and animals and, and out to get each other and just try to rip you off. And if it was, we didn't know. I mean, we, it, it seemed like people in general really helped each other out. One guy would go out on the road and he'd come back like, what was the road like? You know, like, dude, it's pretty cool. They put you in a condo and you would hear these stories uh, like Tom Rhodes, this comedian Tom Rhodes, uh, Brian Regan would come through because uh, he was ahead of the game. He's already uh, Dan Whitney, who was Larry the Cable Guy, the freight train of comedy. Um, these guys were like headliners. And you had Billy Gardell. He would uh, come by and like, dude, I'm starting to get these road gigs. It's really pretty awesome, Brewer. I'm like, what, you know, what did you, you wanted to hear about the road, fantasize. Like, what is it like? Is there, is there girls? Is it, is it like, do you get standing ovation? Like, what is it like? You know, limos. Um, and I know Lou, along with other comics who come back, like, you know what? You would do good on the road. And they started taking certain comics out on the road. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. And they'd say, listen, your time is coming. You're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. Just, just give it some time and you'll be ready. Like, no, I'm ready. And Lou... Lou helped me a lot in that world. We played terrible places, terrible places. But one of the most fascinating things about Lou was this moment in time we had together that changed the course of, of course, both our lives. I mean, that's what things do. Now, <clears throat> now back then, I, I've always believed in a higher spirit, a God. Um, not a church guy, just being dead honest. Um, but I would, you know, I'd listen. And if someone was passionate and, and they had something pretty amazing to say that that would help my world in a positive thought and whatever, I, I was always open and listen. And so I, I had a pretty, I feel like I had a, a, a good faith. I may not have practiced it at that young age, but, and I remember 
an incredible moment in time. And I, I, I don't want to tell too much. I feel like I should bring Lou on, uh, Lou Angel Wolf, who I saw uh, a couple, like two weeks ago. What's up, Lou? How you doing, Jim? Lou, I'm like a lot. Kind of look huh? like a, a, a Sioux warrior. And no offense to any Americans. <laughs> That's a, well, it's kind of a look I'm going for, you know. <laughs> I like it. How are you? I'm great, buddy. I'm great. And uh, the other week at uh, Side Splitters in Tampa, buddy, I I couldn't have been more proud of you, man. You were you just nailed it. And uh, so many years have gone by, and I'm like. Uh, Thank you. Just to, to see the polish and the energy and the direction that you have is—it's—it's it's, it's, awe-inspiring. It really is. Hey, Lou. Maybe, maybe they didn't tell you why you were away. I mean, I don't—I don't shine shoes no more. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. I got to tell you, you didn't shine shoes long. You know. <laughs> and, and it's funny. And, and uh, for the audience, I was actually the comic that brought Jim on stage his very first time. And uh, and he did great. And I even I tell you what an impression you had. I even remember a bit that you did in your very very first set, where you talked about the difference between pigeons in Florida and pigeons in New York. Do you remember? Of course I do. Matter of fact, it was <laughs> this. When, uh, I come from Long Island, and where I grew up. Uh, you know, the birds there are just kind of like, whoa, whoa, sorry, I didn't see you coming. Whoa, whoa, I have to, hey, we're just going to move over here. Um, hey, man, do you have any bread? You know, and and then I think I finally caught on and did Florida birds. I went, and then you go to New York City and they're like, hey, man. And I did, it was all about the head bop. I had the long, I had the, uh, the mullet. I feel like I had a mullet. You did. And I had the mullet. <laughs> and I'd go, we all did. I go, hey, man, is that your car parked over there? Yeah? You got any bread? No? All right, well, I'm going to leave some spots. There. It's something with some, like, kind of crap all over it. And I thought yeah. I was genius. I thought I was like, I'm going to be discovered so quick. I mean, <laughs> way too, way too clever for everyone else in here. I was so cocky and confident. I call the confident. You said you saw cocky, which I always laughed at. You're like, you were cocky. <laughs> but you know what? That's in my in my aged life. I really appreciate that in somebody now. You know, see, we were we were peers back then, okay, and uh, but I also said to the audience, you had a fan. Your first set was fantastic, which is really rare for a, a stand-up comic to do well his first time. The people liked you. You had good delivery. Your energy was, well, it's your energy. And uh, still you maintaining it today. It's amazing. But um, I said, ladies and gentlemen, I said, that guy's either going to be really famous or get his ass beat regularly. You did say that. <laughs> yes, I did. I know you did. I was like, what do you mean by that? You <laughs> <laughs> jealous? You jealous? Yeah. A little bit, a little jelly, a little jelly. Is but, dude, you you were you were a natural, and I was sure of it. Well, and and who was the? Do you remember the manager? I mean, it was Brett and Scott Fisher. Scott. I'm sorry, Scott, if you listen, but it was Brett 
and Scott. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing but amazing memories of them. And I, and I, I feel like they were really helpful for every comic they, in there. They really liked you, especially. And they were very nice to the comedians. I mean, uh, they, you know, I mean, they had a lot to do with me. You know, here I am 37 years later, knocking it out. So uh, they were they were helpful. They were kind. They gave you stage time. Yeah. If you had a bad set, they didn't exile you to the you know 99th spot in the line, you know. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, they were really good dudes. And, um, you know, that was – and you were right. I, I was listening to your preface. We were very um, – very communal back then. We really did help each other out. We wrote taglines for each other. Uh, remember, you'd just sit off stage and you go, hey, man, try that at the end of this. Yeah. And it, it, there was no – our egos were so mildly collective. Yeah. Okay, like like it's like you really I, – I, we wanted all of us to make it. We're yeah. Like, well, <laughs> I guess course, we wanna... Yeah, but some of us wanted to get there a little quicker, <laughs> including yeah. – but – I didn't want anyone to not do good. Right. That's that's what I loved. I, it was really cool. Uh, it was a really awesome time. So I've told stories like this before, and I think, uh, you know, I start, it's, uh, this is one of those I feel is amazing story. But I love hearing both perspectives because I'm not sh- I do remember hearing yours, but I don't remember it fully. <laughs> and my apologies for that. No so problem. this is what I'm gonna tell everyone. So Lou asked me to go do this biker bar, if I remember, in like Daytona Beach. And he's he's preference, he's going, now kid, listen, kid. I think you call me kid a lot. You're like, listen, kid, brewski, brewski, brewski. Listen to me, brewski. <laughs> now, they're, they're, it's going to be a rough gig. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, you know, they're, they're playing pool. I got vest on. Uh, they're probably not going to want to listen to us. Just quick, in and out. Get that. Get me up there as quick as you can. Yes. Get the and, money and run. Yeah, let's get the money. Let's get out of here. And we stayed at. Uh, a condo over overnight. I don't know if we did two. No, no, no. We had a, a nice waterfront room, like a like a big Holiday Inn. I remember this night. Okay, and so and we shared the room, right? Like I slept on the couch. We had like a jo- we had adjoining rooms. Okay, okay. Because we we played a marathon cup ball game till like two o'clock in the morning. What did we play? Cup ball with the where you want to you like if you hit the drapes it was a home run if you hit the couch it was a triple. Oh my god! I forgot about that. And Dude, I you were hilarious. and I, you ran across the furniture. It was it was hilarious, absolutely hilarious. It was. <laughs> oh my god! I forgot. You know what? I forgot. If I was on the road, I'm like, no, we're, if we're stuck here, we're having fun. And I'm bringing games. Right. And you're right. I'm forcing you to play just so I can beat you. And so. <laughs> gonna, and you did. Yeah, I'm going to teach you to be competitive enough. And then I'm going to beat you. When I did a tour, shit, I, I, oh, my God. 
this is all coming back to me. Every time I did a tour, I would bring a Nerf ball and we would play handball until like three, four in the morning, like you said. And if we didn't get that, I get toilet paper and bing, bang. And all I could think about is like, what the hell is the next room thinking? They must think like we're animals. We're really, we're playing handball with toilet paper. Going, that was foul. No, it was foul. You said if it hits the seal, it's an automatic out. Not if it bounces off it. Oh, now we're going to I don't cheat you. Dude, you're the cheater. I'm the cheater. To three, four in the morning. So, Larry. Oh, my God. All right. I forgot about that. So, now we get up. We get up in the morning. Wow. You got such a good man. All I remember, this is the side I remember. You're sitting. I get up and I'm all perky. Like, hey, man, let's, it's a new day. Let's just time to, let's, let's do this. So, we leave it. I think. We were leaving that day. We are definitely leaving that day. And I go, uh, hey, morning, Lou. And you're lighting a joint. You want to hit brewski? And I went, dude, it's like 9 a.m. Bro, no. And you said something, and I'll never forget your demeanor. I'll never forget the way you said it because the way you said it and I looked at you, I, 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 again, I don't know if it's instinct. I felt this, I felt an emotion going, oh boy, this is, you went brewski, something to the effect of, you know, you're young and, you know, you got all this going for you. I, I, I'm pretty... You know, I'm pretty disappointed with uh, with life and God and what God has to offer. It's all overrated. Something to that effect. And I went, whoa. Whoa, man. Listen, don't don't be because there is no God. Something like that. You're like something to that effect. And I went, Lou, don't say that. Don't say that. Right. You are going to strike me down. Listen, Brewski, you're young. You haven't lived life the way I've seen it. What I've been through, just I'm 30 something, and you know what? This is this is not a lot. And I, I felt like, oh my God, you're you're giving up now. You're giving up on you're like you're like my hero. You're in you're you're so much older than me. You're my guide, you're my guidance during this small journey. Don't give up now, don't give up on God, don't give up on life. And that's how we do you remember the exact conversation? Um, yeah, I do. And I would get, dude, I still do melancholy. You know, I still, <laughs> we all do. I do too. Yeah. I, and, and, road. and it probably, um, you know, everybody has their lamentations about life in general. I mean, a lot of times it just doesn't seem, and you and I really had a very good communication. So I was just very sharing openly. And also too, you know, I was listening to Tom Waits and uh uh robbie robertson and i was i was really in 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 my head right there uh leonard cohen i was listening to like bluesy romantic people uh, i was reading bukowski i had just finished on the road again you know and all those things are wonderfully artistic but certainly not you know cheerful employee of the month stuff so <laughs> 
So in Play that cup ball with a twenty-year-old at three in the morning after after almost getting our ass kicked at a biker bar bar for a hundred dollars, you don't think you're peaking? Sorry, I see different. <laughs> but I got you. But okay, so in that mindset, I mean, yeah, I had days like that, and I do remember our conversation, and you were cool about it. But as I've been traveling throughout my entire life it wasn't long after that that i really <laughs> did have wait 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 I don't okay. Even... I don't okay. Even... okay i'll say what happened on my side oh okay cool you could say what happened on your side i don't want your side giving up yet okay truly mind-blowing so that's the last i saw you and I was like, yeah, you were you were up, you were going to New York, you had auditions, you were rocking, you were you were off, you were going. And I was like, oh God, please, nothing happened to Lou. Please, he didn't mean to say that. Um, oh God. Uh, so now I go away, and now I come back from New York, and, and I'm trying to set up my future there. And I come back, and I always go to home, Ron Bankton's comedy scene, going home. Gonna go see the boys. Gonna go tell Big Lou what what little Jimmy's been up to. And boy, oh boy, wait till you know who I saw and all the my, all the gigs I'm gonna I'm gonna be a star. And my peacock feathers are ready to go. And <laughs> and I saw Kevin uh, Kevin Rogers, and he's like, you know, I'm gonna put. He's he's hosting. He goes, bro, I'm gonna put you on last, man. And I said, Where, where's Lou? He's not, he's not hosting tonight. He's probably, you know, he's, you don't know what happened to Lou. And I thought his kid, I'm like, no, that, no. He, he goes, dude, he's, he's like dead. Go, what? What? He goes, dude, he was in a horrible accident. He was coming back from, um, he was coming back from Daytona Beach. My entire I'm gonna cry thinking about it. my entire insides just got numb. I went, what? Dude, he's come back from Daytona Beach and like a semi hit him or a big truck hit him, just broken here, broken there. Had to bring him back, the thing, and this is where he's got his hip is mangled. He's just he's a fright. He. There's no way he should be alive. And, and he found Jesus. Apparently Jesus came to him. And so now with everyone else, with everyone else, it was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, here we go with that. Where I took it as, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Okay, okay, maybe that would have happened anyway, but the conversation that we left off with, yep, for me makes this way more intense. Yeah, and, and my ele my heightened awareness is on a high where they're, they're still, they're not getting it. They're like, yeah, oh, Jesus. Oh, apparently, Jesus, uh, dude, you don't want to be in a car with him for more than three hours. He's doing Jesus, you know, like, so he's 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 still there. Like, what's going on? And so I forgot when we reconnected, but now 
tell what what happened, what actually happened. Uh, I was actually driving to uh, Crackers Comedy Club, which was which is now Side Splitters in town. Side, yep. Okay. Um, and uh, I lost. It was a drizzly night. I lost control of the car. I hit a truck head on on Racetrack Road, and I was straight legged on the brake. And my uh, shin bone went through my knee. My femur went through my pelvis. I broke all kinds of stuff. I had to, they had to cut me out and all that other stuff. So it was uh, a very big, um, uh, it was a big crash. And I was in traction and then my leg was in a halo and all that stuff. And in that night, okay, and uh, I don't know, one of the nights thereafter, they had patched me back up and um frankie bastille came to see me mark klein came to see me it was it was the outpouring of love of the comedians that were coming to see me were it was and of course kevin and derso and everybody just it was they were so beautiful gary wilcox and mike nelson and all this anyway so i my dad had recently found jesus like the year before okay, okay? yeah uh, he got he, had, he was born again okay and he had his pastor which is dr michael guido who had the largest track ministry in the world you know those little bible tracks you know when you're in the bathroom at a truck stop and there's a little something jammed up in between the hinge and you pull it down and it's have you met jesus you know it's one of those things you know right. but he he was the guy that published those well, anyway, he calls me in my hospital bed and he asks me, he goes, you know, you had a, a near death experience. And I go, yeah. He says, well, you know, if you had, you know, if the truck was another foot this way or that way, it could have turned out completely different. He goes, I know. He goes, well, do you know if you would have perished that night, would you have gone to heaven? I went, yeah, I, I think so. He goes, do you know you would have? And so then he's leaning in for the confession, right? Right. Say so and what yeah exactly and what, what do i got to lose at this point right so i mean my legs in a halo i mean I'm, you know I'm, I'll, anyway i'm in a hospital bed in tampa general and so i he says the sinner's prayer with me i surrender my heart to the lord and this like hot stream of tears without without a break just a gush just ran down but made my shirt all wet and uh i i said yeah man come on come into my heart and i was given the gift of the holy spirit at that time i literally slept the most peaceful sleep ever that night and the next morning i wake up okay and i'm just going what really just happened to me and this heat comes from the like bottom of my feet all the way up my body and stayed right here in my chest and it just glowed for about, I don't know, 10 minutes. And it was amazing. So I go, this is, I said, I've, I've made a very good choice. And no morphine involved. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Got to give a little credit. <laughs> well, that's the old joke. They say laughter is the best medicine, but not if you've shattered your knee. You want morphine. <laughs> 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 so anyway that next morning the guys the, the 
people come from the hospital and they, and they, they go, you want to go have breakfast? I go, yeah. So they pushed me out on the, on the lanai. There was like a little landing deck out there. Yeah. And here it is. The sun is just coming up. It's a gray day. It's February 20th, uh, 1991. And the skies are all dark. I can see cars with headlights on going to work and stuff. And I'm looking out there and I'm in this brand new world. And literally from the cloud, this beam of light just pops through the cloud and comes into the room that I'm in, fills the room with light for about 15 seconds, closes back up, and then the sun didn't come up till 11 o'clock that morning. Wow. So I had this like really big connection. I mean, I bought I bought everything. I bought the whole package. I bought the vacation tour pack. I bought the jet ski rides. I bought the pet sitting <laughs> service. I bought everything. Okay. So <laughs> and for, <laughs> You started talking to me about Metallica lyrics and all that. I'm like, Lou, don't get into my Metallica. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, all that stuff was just like glaring at me at that point, you know, afterwards. You know, it's pretty damn blatant still, you know. Uh, you would say that. You would like, it's, they're, it's, bla- listen to what, listen to what's being said. What do you right. think? You think that's this, or you think that's it's a uh, no? He's like, no, it's either here or there. Um, <laughs> go ahead, I cut you off, but like that, that is so funny. You bought the whole package, but anyway, uh, and and of course, you know, with any you know, with any uh, new zealous convert, you know, there's two great things about a new zealous convert they're pure, they want to tell it, they want to share it. But also the other thing is they don't know what the hell they're talking about, you know, because it's all brand new. To them. So my wife, my wife did this, yeah, I don't know, whatever amount of years ago, but it was the same. This is why it's so funny to me. So go ahead. It was like, so like, do you guys know that they have this thing called a pool and you can swim in it? What? Yeah. I mean, come on, you can do a backstroke. No, come on, do the backstroke. I, I know how to do it. You got to come in the water. I've been in the water. I don't want to go swimming right now. It's you want to tell everyone because you feel yeah. like you discovered the most beauty. Yeah, I, I remember. Right. And and D, just, you know, send in my love. Um, uh, but yeah, it is it, it is a spiritual awakening. And and of course, as you got, I mean, it's been 31 years now since that day and uh it's yeah 30 uh, coming up february 20th to be 31 years so yeah and but i still remember it quite vividly but as you grow older okay you you mature like everything and there was another guy uh this old pastor his name was jake he was 88 years old and he did prison ministry he would go to the prison every weekend and preach to the inmates every weekend just total just that was his deal johnny cashed it out just just mellow easy just laying it out there whoever picked it up picked it up whoever didn't didn't right but he was i, I was talking to him one night uh, after the service and he said he told me that i've carried this with me forever i was probably six months in eight months in when i heard this he says everyone you meet has an unbearable set of circumstances 
be kind to everyone you meet. So I've been like, whoa, that's really, you know. And then, of course, you know, you differentiate as you go. You go, uh, what, what the beautiful thing that, that the most beautiful thing is it totally trimmed my uh, being judgmental about things. Uh, taking that, taking a minute to look at what you're looking at and not have that knee jerk judgment, uh, which has that, been wonderful. That takes time because a lot. Like I said, my wife's there. I'm not going to speak on her behalf. But I'll say others in general, sometimes I find that world to be the most judgmental. Yes. However, there's also many that are not. So there's, again, see, the, the problem with anyone that, that, that goes in a faith world, I'm yep. spiritual. I go in the woods to find things. I talk to them. I ask my answers, blah, blah, blah. Some people need the book and the thing and this actual story, and that's whatever gets you there. But I noticed, just like anywhere, just like a ball team, just like just, just like if 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 whatever faith was like a baseball team, you have the owner, right? And then you have you know ball player. All the ball players are good enough to be on the team, but this guy's not as good as this guy. This guy's actually, but they all kind of have a. So I guess what I'm saying is that there's different levels of good. So when she first entered that world, I was very skeptical. Sure. Because it was such a such a 380 turn. Mm -hmm. Whoa, this happened like overnight. You know, and then a couple, I'd have some friends get in my, I'd say, if some friends, I had one friend that would smoke a cigarette and be like, Dip, you don't think he's probably, how many times a week does your wife pray? Like, I don't know, three, he'd be like, three? Three, you know that she's in a cult, dude. You gotta get it. She's in a cult, and like you know, she's doing Bible study. Oh about to, this is a cult. They were taking money. So he, this was, and, and he was, dude. He was dead serious. I remember one time he came over the house, one of the most belly laughing moments ever. You know, and she's, she's like, hi. You know, I don't want to give his name away. Oh, I can. He's a, he's a friend. He's a comedian friend and Pete. And uh, he, he's sitting in the kitchen table. This is right after 9-11, right? maybe like a year or two later. And he goes, he said, D, how long we know? We know each other a while. He's like, she's like, yeah, Pete, look good, blah, blah. He's in his face. He's like, so you got no hate in your heart? And she's like, no, you know, since I found you, I, I find love in everything. You know, we're not all perfect, but I, everyone has a reason why they're this way. He's like, not even just a little hate and she goes not <laughs> not really and so he goes let me ask you this you can't even make this up but he goes if osama bin Laden was in your kitchen right now you wouldn't say i hate you and she goes i don't know him and he goes she's on the this is up to you you're a man it's on you and he just goes storming out the front door and i'm i'm belly laughing like belly <laughs> laughing at the madness that's going down right now um 
but, but the point of the story is, yeah, but now she has. So, so I would judge them because I also noticed, you know, I didn't trust the pastor. Something about him. I I'm not saying he's a bad person. It was just something, my instinct. I'm like, there's something, something here I can't put my finger on. I get it. And he would, I'll never forget. So I would go and I'd sit with her in church, but I was more like this, like. Yeah, no, you're not, you know, you may have her for now, but I'm here watching over this one. And he would walk by and he'd go, blah, blah, blah. And you will give yourself to Jesus. And he would look right at me. And I would look at him like, dude, I ain't falling for your voodoo. I ain't doing your voodoo. And nice. I wouldn't say that, but my spider senses were intense. And but she gave nothing. I can honestly say I saw other people start to be a little, uh, they, they, they weren't as forgiving or they were very critical of others or they were always, they were a little gossipy. And I, they, what I realized was they're not, per stop thinking. And then I met some really cool people and I realized I wish the world can see like they're not all nuts. Everyone just, yeah. oh, you like you, so you're nuts. You're just bad. You're just yeah. not. And it's just like, it's part of the world that's very dangerous to do. It's very dangerous to do. Um, you know, I said something to my daughter, like I gave her this really cool quote. And she's like, wow, that's amazing. Where'd you hear that? I said, John Lennon. She's like, he hit a woman. And I'm like, what? What? And I had to look it up. I'm like, I'm gonna put that up. Like, wrong. And I saw, like, yes, he had problem with women because his mom beat him, and then he apologized and acknowledged and got help and but and never did again and apologized. So, I'm like, but the point of that story is, someone will write something completely off because they have a judgment of whatever bad thing it is. Um. Some point of the story is not everyone's perfect. We still, right. you still go through issues. You still get angry. You're still judgmental, and that's a, that's a, that's that's the thing. There's a lot of pressure on when people say, "I'm I, I'm Christian" or "I'm this." It's like, well, you you just curse. So you're clearly not a Christian, and you just said X Y Z. Clearly not a Christian, and you, and that is, it's a terrible way to think. Terrible. One way of my. One of my favorite phrases is to label me is to limit me. Correct. And and I want to and, and I've I've backed away from all those type of labels over the years. And yeah. also, you know, um, the Jesus story is it's it's a societal thing, and it's happened time and time again with different players, different times. This story of a man born of a virgin and was sacrificed for the sins of all. It's been told several times. It has. And I, and I, and I thought the best way to tell you about it is, okay, a miracle happens. The 69 Mets, okay? Right. Tom, Tom Seavers, Jesus. Oh, no, 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 not this time. It's Dwight Gooden this time. And you're like, oh, and the power hitter. Yeah, that's uh, Eddie Cranepool, right? No, no, no. <laughs> now, now it's Keith Hernandez. Yeah, and then uh, in 86, they won, so everything changed. 
And you go, oh, so Tommy Agee's still in center field. No, no, that's uh, Daryl Strawberry now. But anyway, <laughs> it's the same right. story, different players. Right. Okay. And the other thing that I've come to realize over the many years um, is when I had that born again experience, however you want to put it, um, what I what happened that night is I was willing to forgive myself ah. of all the stuff I was carrying around. Right, and, a lot. I can tell you were, dude. I, you know, I I still. In your demeanor, a sort in the the way you spoke, and you were like so you were looking at yourself at my age. That's what I got out of that. You were looking at me at your age, and you were like, you know, you're all excited and this and that, and you were just you had so many issues. I remember that moment like it was yesterday. I remember what you look like, I remember everything, and it's such a it's such an incredible moment, a thing that you're saying here. Well, it's a it's a good marker, and and I remember those times too. But see now, you know the thing the thing about your spiritual growth is patience, okay? And for the last four years or so, I've been studying the Tao uh, with Mike Merberg, the guy I do my show with, the IMHO dot Love Show, and living in the Tao, you pass through. You, you what what I've come to realize now is you're constantly living in the consciousness. Yes. And what what your vibration and frequencies are right now is either your spiritual growth or your spiritual stagnation day by day. So when you're accepting of everything, you know, heavy traffic, you know, high bill, whatever your problem is, okay? But when you accept it and just move through it, that is a that to me that's a mark of spiritual growth that means that you're accepting of this world and it's interesting your friend pete who was looking for that morsel of hate in d which probably doesn't exist by the way but uh no it's hard to find but yeah there's anger there's hurt oh yeah there's hurt sure not not towards him but yeah hate mm, i don't think so but in my journey of this, I mean, I've also dealt with some psychological uh, people that do a psychological analysis. I'm really into hypnotherapy and all those kind of things. But the one thing that I found out, every person has the complete spectrum of emotions in them. Complete love, uh, complete givingness, selflessness, joy, self-sacrifice. Every person has that. But on the other end of the spectrum, that same person has the ability to kill to preserve themselves. So, and that's the way we are. But what I like, and I say, I don't look back over my past because you take the best and you leave the rest. You don't project too far into the future because who knows what tomorrow is going to bring. Right. You have to live in the moment, but I live in the moment leaning slightly forward. And then we go from there. You're absolutely, that is that's helped me so much. And I try telling people some that helped me and I, I do a D stop. The more you detach your emotions and can see things for what they are, rather than this is against you or this works to your board. This is a good, whatever it is. Like even just talking with the kids, like 
you you're, don't take it as this is my child. Just take it as wow, this person doesn't understand how hurtful they sound when they sound this way. So why is why so hurtful? Blah 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 blah. blah. Rather than like who the fuck is that? Um, or, or whatever whatever it is. But the more you detach emotions that you think you should be emotionally attached to, a, t- yeah. a political concept, an ideology, or whatever it is, the more you detach, the clearer your vision and, you, and what I've noticed, you, you can see things so much clearer. And well, it's humbling. Absolutely. All information comes at you as neutral. It's reality to you is how you perceive it. You can either be offended by it, you can embrace it, you can blow it off, but all information comes to you as neutral. And it's only truth is how you feel about it or how you process it. So one of the biggest things, and I'll I'll say her name forever. I have a friend, Frances Marie Lane, who was one of my great teachers in my life. Mrs. Lang's kid. Uh Uh-huh. Mrs. Lang's kid. Francis. Yeah, Lane. Lane's the last name. Lane's kid. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Another one. Great people. Yeah, they're lovely people. Anyway, <laughs> she, she taught me how to get over the victim mentality. Oh. How everything, it, it, you know, because we absorb everything. And, you know, if you're empathic at all or you have those levels of emotion, you're going to absorb negativity. And to help dissolve it, we often blame other things and other entities. Well, you have to neutralize that as well. You can't be a victim of anything. It hap- It came as you neutral, and now you have to process it uh, in a positive way back to you. If it's something you want to disregard, please disregard it. Don't carry around garbage, okay? But if it's something good that, you, that you're going to uh, grow from, Take it in, think about it, hold it, cherish it, put it in the back closet, whatever you do with it, all of this information, uh, I just run that little neutralizer over it. And, and, and neutralizer over it. And I, I'm very, very hard to offend. Uh, you know, uh, and as you grow in your path, you'll find your ego dies more and more every day that yeah. you know you realize, you know, you're the sum of your parts. The only thing that really makes you worth anything is the spirit that you carry with you. Yep. So, you know. Hey, Lou. Yeah. Love you, brother. Thanks for coming on today. Where can where can people find you? You said you do something? You said you have a podcast? I have a show. Uh, it's on, uh, we broadcast Facebook Live, but it's also on BitChute and Podbean and YouTube. It's called IMHO.love. In my humble opinion, dot love. Love. Most of because because mo- love is the end of everything and everything else is an opinion. You know, I mean, people go, I want the facts. You have a variation of facts. You have a variation of ideologies that you've stuck together that's comfortable for you to blow out your cake hole and feel good about. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't necessarily found, find the truth. You found something palatable for you to repeat. So, so... In the yeah, so imho.love. Uh, it's on well, we got a show tonight, 7 30 Eastern Time on Facebook Live, and then we uh, and we backlog all the shows. Sounds good, brother. Be safe, love you, Jimmy. I love you, buddy. And uh, this was 
I, I've, I've been waiting for this day. Good. And I'm happy we got to talk. Me too. With everybody. I guess maybe I'll see you in Tampa. Please do. Call me. I'm, I'm still working. All right. <laughs> Later, bro. detail while you're here. Lou Angel. Love you too, pal. Later. Um, yeah, I love, you know, there's, it's amazing as I keep going back in time and I forget moments in time that, that are pivotal. And he remind me of so much. He remind me of when we go on the road and instead of just being depressed on the road, I always made it like, we're not getting depressed. We're going to have fun. We're getting, I always thought we are slaves in this world. Um, mental slaves, physical slaves, somewhere along the line, we have to do something for a dollar bill that is man-made. Uh, whoever created that and created the system, we're stuck in it. And until you learn how to get out of it, you're a slave, case closed. Um, and I, my mentality was, well, I'm not sure I have the power to break free from or help us break free from it all but maybe i can just get us by until we do or or make people laugh and i remember going on the road with lou and and sonia i did it with shaka too i should have two weeks ago brought up with shaka where i have to bring up the time when me him and larry and lars ulrich and metallica moshed in the back of my tour bus so funny um but we always found something never lose that kid in you Whatever that child is in you, that's what's gonna keep you alive and your spirit going to the end of time, I'm telling you. Whether it's riding a bike, you don't have to get on a bike and like put on your, your spandex and blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying, remember the time you're on a bike and then you drop your hands and then you're just kind of checking out the neighborhood and just strolling around you're riding a bike you're looking at the senior you're enjoying you're letting thoughts come in your head no headphones listening to the lawnmower listening to the birds seeing the sun take a moment be a child come up with goofy games when you're all together come up with a game do something something that'll make you laugh something don't ever underestimate the child spirit in you trust me i sound like some we gotta get i gotta get back to like some uh, we're gonna get by the way um thanks for watching thanks for listening we're gonna get into some stuff too by the way uh me and mike are working on stand-up clips that's from the past that may be cringy but uh, it's worth seeing the growth and those moments in time and all that. I wish you all the best. I'll see you next week. Thank you, all Patreon members. I am I am extremely flattered. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I I didn't I didn't estimate. I I didn't anticipate people staying. And not a bad thing. I was just like, yeah, I think I can stay. But you guys are staying. So thank you. Um, I wish you all the best. We'll talk soon. Love and laughter for everyone. Later. <laughs> <laughs>